Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals, and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair, and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. everybody, this is Chris and this is episode 3 of the Endurance Horse Podcast. I've really been looking forward to getting this episode out there. I think you all enjoy it. We're going to hear from a few different countries and a lot of different riders and we'll even get an update, a cute update from a little young rider that's 8 years old. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in to episode 3. Hey everybody, it's Jen Joins. I figured I'd give you guys an update from Ride Camp here. Uh, we did the Fire Up intro today. I ran it with uh, my mini Cricket, and my friend Jessica rode my big pink girl. Um, it was a blistering 85 plus degrees all day with absolutely zero shade, but this ride management is really stellar and had water troughs for the horses every like two miles. And I really quickly learned that nothing feels better on a hot day than dunking your head in the horse's water trough. Um, But uh, we made it back to camp. Uh, We finished in, I think, a little over three hours. Um, There were only five intro riders, and we took fourth and fifth, which is totally cool. I have no problem turtling rides, especially on days like today when it is roasting. Um, Both girls are doing okay now. It's about 4 35 o'clock in the afternoon um, we had a mild colicky scare with my big paint girl she um she just wasn't doing well when we got back from the ride she had no gut noises so we've been on colic watch for the last uh about four and a half hours but we just got the all clear from the vet at about four and uh we're allowed to let her just kind of chill now and we're just pretty much sorry cricket goodness um We're just kind of sitting here playing the wait for poop game that all equestrians are familiar with. Um, And then uh, hopefully we get that soon and we can be in the definitely all clear zone. But right now all she wants to do is take a nap and she's tired of us fussing over her. And then there's Cricket who's currently eating her soaked hay and hanging out. We just had to move her under our little uh, canopy because it's so hot in the sun. She wasn't doing well. She had an elevated pulse and wasn't eating or drinking really and so we moved her into the shade and now she's happily chowing down through Keech's leftovers because (laughs) Keech got a smorgasbord of whatever she was willing to touch when we got back but uh that's pretty much it we like I said we finished the intro and survived it barely um but uh it was a good day fun day and we're parked next to a couple of really awesome groups of people um, and they've been super awesome helping us out with Keech and, and getting her together. And they've been, you know, offering us whatever we need and, and this and that, which is what I really love about the sport of endurance. You know, everybody's out to help the horses with whatever they need. You know, there's, there's no selfishness amongst everybody here. And, and it's just a really awesome group of people who participate in endurance. So, um, we're, uh, we're going to head home in the morning. We've got about a three and a half hour trailer ride home and, 
Our next ride is planned for Descanso in May. Oh, and super cool fact. Um, I totally forgot about this until just now. When we were walking out of vet check yesterday afternoon, um, I heard somebody go, oh my God, is that Cricket? And um, turns out it's another fellow person who listens to the podcast and was so excited to actually... Um, you know, meet Cricket. She had to take a photo and a video because her friend would be super jealous of her getting to meet Cricket. So um, that was really cool. And it was fun to see that, you know, the podcast, there's a lot of people really out there listening. So um, that's it. Until next time, have a good one. Hi, I'm Brenna Sullivan. I live in Lake County, California. It's a beautiful little area in the coastal hills of Northern California. It's a pretty good place to ride year-round as long as you don't mind riding in the heat in the summer and a little bit of rain in the winter. But you can ride on trails all year round here. I'm extremely fortunate to have that. I have two horses that I'm currently riding in endurance. Both are gated. Sky is my main endurance horse. She's a 12-year-old Blue Roan Tennessee walking horse. I've had her since she was a scrawny, sorry-looking youngster. Um, she's grown up a lot since then. I trail rode and horse camped with her for a couple years and wanted to get back into endurance for fun, so we started doing some LDs. I was pretty positive she would not make a good endurance horse at first. Uh, one, she's not an Arab. Two, she's a really bad panter. She'll pant, like, walking for five minutes she'll be panting. And she doesn't take the best care of herself at the trailer. So I had all these reservations, but here she is. She's uh, at almost 2,000 2, competitive miles. She's had 200-mile completions, including Tevis, and she's done seven multi-day multi and pioneer ride finishes. She also won Fosh, which is Friends of Sound Horses National Distance Award twice and was the National Tennessee Walking Horse Endurance Mileage Champion in 2017. So she's, she's doing pretty good. The best thing about Skye is that she truly loves going down the trail. You can just feel the joy in it when we're going down the trail. And I hope for many, many more miles together because I love riding her. My other horse is a nine-year-old standardbred cross-gelding named Ranger. He came into my life somewhat fortuitously. He was not making it as a trailer pleasure horse, so I thought I'd try endurance on him. In February, uh, we just completed his first 100-mile ride, and he did some multi-days over the winter and did a really good job. So far, he seems to be really tough, and he seems to take the physical demands of the sport in stride, but he's got kind of a difficult personality and can be a contrarian. So, you know, we're just trying to work through some of those issues. Every horse is so different, and, um, you know, you just have to play to their individual strengths. My first endurance ride uh, was at age eight, and I rode my Welsh Pony Beauty at the Camp Far West uh, limited distance ride, and I was totally hooked. I've loved the sport ever since. I did some 50s as a kid and then took a break from endurance and horses when I moved away to college. I spent about 10 years traveling and working after that, and then I just had to yield to the undeniable need to live and breathe horses. Like, if it's in your blood, you just can't ever get rid of it. Um, in 2014, I was kind of in an uncertain place in my life and on a total whim decided to drive up to Tevis to watch the horses come into Forest Hill and into the finish. 
Tevis was always a childhood dream, which seemed out of reach. But standing there, you know, I haven't had too many lightning bolts of inspiration hit me in my life. But in Auburn, under the Tevis full moon, that was one of them. I just knew that I had to do whatever possible to get myself and a horse to this ride. And then that started my second journey into endurance. The thing I love most about this sport is the time you spend conditioning and competing with your horse, which turns into your partner and your best friend. I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's true. There's something really magical and spiritual that happens in the early hours of the morning when you're doing a hundred with your horse. And it's a feeling I, I want to keep chasing. I also love endurance for the camaraderie, you know, the sense of accomplishment, the friends you make, and the continued lessons that kind of get imparted upon you, whether you like them or not. You know, I've become a much better horseman in all aspects after getting back to this sport. And I think it really... Uh, it makes you eat humble pie sometimes, and as long as you have an open mind to those lessons, I think you know you can really grow as a horse horseman and as a person. And like, really, what could be better than spending all day in beautiful country on your favorite horse? I constantly have to pinch myself that we get to live this wonderful life with just these magnificent creatures that will do anything for us. It's Really, really amazing. So my goals this year are hopefully to get back to Tevis and to finish the season on two sound, happy horses. Um, I did finish Tevis last year, and coming under the lights in Auburn was all it's cracked up to be and more, and I'd love to be able to do that again. Um, It was really special knowing that I'd done it on a horse that I'd raised, trained, and conditioned from the start. It was just a really tremendous sense of satisfaction. So those are my main goals. I also want to continue learning and, um, you know, keep an open mind to things and, again, finish the season on two horses that are ready for another uh, another ride. So I do hope everyone has a wonderful ride season and um, don't be afraid to aim high and chase your goals because uh, they're certainly attainable in this sport. everybody it's Keisha Wood and Merlin coming in from New Mexico it is the 15th of April and we just got finished with a training ride and um, we went with my great friend and um, soul sister I guess sister from another mister Michelle Wood we have the same last name but we're actually not related but we are fellow wind riders and I've mentioned her before um, on both my blog and on the last podcast, Michelle's horse Wednesday is the one who won best condition when we rode together at the Indian Springs ride um, just a month ago. She's an amazing, amazing mare. She is half quarter horse, half Arab. She is fantastic, one strong chick. And Merlin loves her and she loves Merlin. So any ride with her is always such a treat because uh, they enjoy each other's company. And there's nothing better than riding with one of your best friends because not only is it a ride, but it's also a therapy session. And we both said that today when we got finished, we're like, oh my gosh, was that not like the best therapy day? It was, it's, uh, it was beautiful. It was 76 degrees. Um, we only did 12 miles, but the 12 miles were very intense, very hard. 
And um, just like us, when we go to the gym, you have to do strength, you've got to do cardio, you've got to work the different muscles. We try to do the same thing, and today was slow. We maybe trotted one or two times. It was mostly walk, but that was because it was so steep. And um, it was uh, five uh, miles up and then five miles down. So I'm terrified of heights. I think I mentioned this before. And so Michelle is very kind to uh, make sure we didn't have any scary cliffs or whenever she thought something was hairy, she would turn us around. But uh, it was, it was five miles up and then we got to the top and I got to take really great pictures um, standing far enough away that it didn't scare me. Um, but uh, it was cool and there were butterflies out and there were little lizards out and I know somebody messaged me before and they said um, are there a lot of rattlesnakes out here well yeah there are rattlesnakes and I've come across rattlesnakes but here's the funny thing is that we've never had an issue they're never um, aggressive they it's almost like a mutual agreement like you stay in your lane I'll stay in my lane and sometimes we'll just let them cross the trail or if they're curled up and they are like threatening to kick our butt we just stay way away from them and they warn you ahead of time and so it's never been an issue and the horses have never reacted um it's actually been just fine but no snakes today however we did see three elk and um we were going antler hunting and uh, michelle found an antler and she taught me about it and it was that was kind of cool because i've never done that before and i'm looking right now to see exactly what we did and um our elevation gain was actually 1,892 feet and we did 12.58 uh, miles and it took us 4 hours and 43 minutes. So it was super slow moving and it was called Dry Canyon which is before you get to Cloudcroft, New Mexico right outside of Alamogordo, New Mexico. It's beautiful. It is just what it says, you know, it's dry. There is places and it's... um. Uh, a wash so there's lots of deep sand but it's kind of pebbly rocky sand and lots of rocks from the water pushing it down so it was really good on their brains today because they had to learn or watch where they were putting their feet um, I think this kind of stuff is really good for them to go slow watch that uh, it was you know and um, to take care of themselves and take care of themselves while they're carrying us so it was really good and we uh, made it to the top we had uh some of the trails weren't clear because they're not used all the way of course and so we went off trail a little bit so we uh ended up with lots of nice scratches and um michelle actually banged a tree so hard on her knee that she had blood running down her leg it was pretty gnarly i took a picture of it because i was like we can't forget this this was bad and um but she's okay it was just it looked bad and that's it i mean we're getting ready like i said before we're planning on doing the caja ride in santa fe new mexico in may and my goal right now is to do 150 there but you know who knows how things will happen i look at merlin and i think he looks better than he ever has i've always had an issue with um keeping weight on him and right now he just looks so strong and he looks so good and he 
act strong. Um, and so I think he's going to do great at the 50. So um, that's the plan. However, if I get there and I decide I want to do a 25, we'll do a 25. And um, we might do two. Who knows? But the plan right now is um, a 50. And so, um, and if any of you guys are going to go to Santa Fe, I mean, that, and if you've never been there before, oh my gosh, beautiful, beautiful. There are so many views. The trail is fantastic. Um, it's going to be a great thing. And it's kind of cool because this year they're going to be sharing the trail with some runners. I think they're going to be doing a, um, a, like an ultra run at the same time. So it's going to be really cool. Um, I'm excited and uh, I'll keep you guys updated, but um, it's pretty. The horses have shedded out. I was looking at Merlin today and I thought he looked so pretty just so shiny with the sun and him shedded out now and he barely has any hair and um i just love that guy i think you guys know that <laughs> but that's it for now and um i'll keep you updated i'll let you guys know how our next trip is but today was a wonderful day great day great friends great training just blessed to be alive blessed to be here and um just happy to be doing what i'm doing and uh i'll check in with you guys later <laughs> bye hey my name is jasmine perrier and i'm 16 years old and i've loved horses for as long as i can remember uh, I live in a small coastal city of Harvey Bay in Australia, where beach rides are actually a normality, which I'm really lucky to have. Um, the weather here, it's generally hot, um, sometimes humid, which can be a bit of a struggle, especially if you have a horse very sensitive to the heat. So training some days, you know, it's a bit difficult. <laughs> um I currently don't own a horse, but I'm really lucky because I get to borrow one from my old coach and now endurance trainer, Victoria Clark. The horse I'm currently riding um, is a stock horse cross Arabian gelding called Adair Amarok, or Rock for short. Rock certainly holds a lot of personality. Um, he always causes a round of laughter during training, whether it's from his clumsiness or his just his general quirky personality. Um, I first got into horses when I came to Harvey Bay and I was about nine years old and I started lessons with Victoria on her Arabian gelding Bart. I absolutely fell in love with Arabians straight away, just their temperament and their intelligence. And then that quickly prompted me to buy my own. And through him, um, he kind of led me into endurance and by the time I started, I just absolutely loved it. And especially the community of um, endurance. It's just absolutely fantastic. You could always rely that on the fact that if you had a problem, um, there was always somebody there offering to help or support you, which I appreciate more than anything in the sport. Um, my goal for this year is to complete an 80-kilometer ride. Um, I haven't done endurance in a while, so it, I'm very keen to really get stuck back into it again, but um, just want to vet through fine and have a good logbook. It's Doris White from Canada again. Uh, I've been asked to provide another story, so let's see what I've got in the back of my head. Anyway, um, I was at a, a ride in Spruce Woods. It's one of the parks out here in, Canada, in Manitoba. 
And uh, I was riding with another gal, and we did the first loop without too much incident. And uh, uh, we were fairly hard, far ahead of others because oh, we were <laughs> we were going fast. Anyway, I came in from the first loop and paused in and everything, and went to go back out and uh, get just out of camp. And oh, broke a stirrup leather. Great. Okay, so back into camp I go, and I said to my friend, "Just go on. You head off. I'll try and catch you if I can." So. So, go into camp and don't have another stirrup leather, of course, because why would I carry another stirrup leather? But whatever. So, we decided that we would change saddles, and whilst I was out on the loop, the vet and another gal would fix my stirrup leather. Not sure how, but whatever. Anyway, so we decided that we would put the saddle from a 16-hand half Percheron, half Arab gilding onto my mirror, who's 14-1 Arab. However, interestingly enough, the fact that Tia's fat and very wide-shouldered, the saddle actually fit her. So, okay, fine, actually, and away we went, and uh, off we go and go around and uh, finish our loop, come in. And, I, you know, I'm fairly far behind my friend, but whatever. And so then I go to head out on the next loop, and uh, we go to head towards the trail. Well, Tia decides, no, no, let's go right. Well, I wasn't expecting that. I somehow slammed into the front of the saddle, and my German watch goes flying. I thought, great, thanks, Tia. So I scramble around trying to find the Garmin watch, and it's in pieces now, and the strap broke off I guess I lost a pin whatever so fine so put it in my pocket and try and of course Dia doesn't want to stand so for me to get back on so we had a little dance around while she's like no let's go and uh, thinking like what I'm no cowboy I can't just fly on to you anyway so fine we get that settled out and and off we go and around we come in again and uh, see that Tracy my friend's lead has has uh, lessened quite substantially from where she was. So I thought, ha I'm going to catch you. So, okay, fine, because, hey, I'm not competitive enough, you know, sure. Anyway, so off we go and uh, for the final loop. And I'm going along, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to catch her because I am. I get partway down, my stirrup breaks. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? So I'm trying to fix, the bolt had come loose. I'm trying to fix it as I'm riding and keep Tia sane. And I'm trying to, finally I thought I'd rig something up and I thought, oh, whatever. So sure enough, I didn't catch her. Once I realized that I was doomed, I just slowed down and thought, okay, well, whatever. We'll, another day, another ride, we'll do it again another time when I hopefully don't break everything I own. And I have broken lots of stuff on saddles. It seems I'm hard on saddles. I don't know why, but I am. So now I carry an extra set of stirrup leathers. I carry a spare wristband for my watch. I carry an extra horse, just in case I break my horse. Not Thank goodness I haven't done that yet, but you never know. And I carry, oh, extra booze, just in case, for medicinal purposes only. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Hi, my name is Ruth Casserly. 
I'm located in Northern Illinois, so that puts me in the Midwest region of AERC. I am a classically trained musician and a retired uh, software developer. I grew up with horses, riding from about age four on half Arabs to start and then moved to purebreds. Um, I met, met and married my husband, Tim, in 1983. And although he was a city boy with no horse background, he was an Eagle Scout who loved camping and outdoor activities. Um, he allowed himself to be immersed in this world of horses. Uh, we were trail, my, trail riders for many years then um, and also drove our horses. Uh, our horses, we had others to, uh, earlier, but when we met this sport, we had two purebreds, Bach and Harley. They were half brothers. Then a third horse, who was a full brother to Harley, was given to us. His name was Sam. Sam's previous mom recognized um, he had a lot of potential um, and he was very underutilized. He needed a bigger job to do. Uh, we gave him that. Uh, so here's how we found the sport. We um, spent January of 2009 trail riding Bach and Harley in the Superstition Mountains of Arizona. I uh, had a wonderful vacation. The horses were really fit. Um, it was a great time. Came home in March of 2009. We're back in Illinois, <clears throat> and I attended a local driving club meeting where the program was sponsored, um, or excuse me, presented by Wes Licht and Tony Troyer, representing MDDA, that is the Midwest Distance Driving Association. We went home, I went home, and told Tim about it, uh, suggesting we'd probably enjoy it, and we already had most everything we'd need to do it, just had to buy two helmets, a whip, and assemble a spares kit. Um, as the first competition date rolled around at the end of April of, 2000, of 2013, um, the weather was pitiful. Um, I emailed Wes and said, uh, the weather prediction for Saturday is dreadful. Will this event still happen? And after a delay, his email response was, pack a raincoat. So the typical endurance mindset, get over it, persevere. So between April of 2009 and the end of uh, 2013, Tim drove Bach and Harley as a pair for 1,001 miles of competition, plus a couple conditioning miles at home. Um, one of the rules in MDDA is that you must have a groom if you are ride if you are driving two horses. So that was my job. Um, after these years of being Tim's wipe, aka groom, I was tired of getting no respect, and um, I was not because I wasn't the competition uh, competitor. So I was just along for the ride. So I started riding Harley in CTR in Umecra on weekends when driving the driving division uh, didn't offer an event. Um, even with the limited ability to ride, um, we still won top 10 rookie and um, restricted mileage awards that year. Um, Sam came into our family as that underutilized nine-year-old in 2012. I led a few novice rides on him that year. Whew, that was exciting. Then competed in CTR for 295 miles in 2013. In 2014, it was time for Sam to become a driving horse. Uh, paired him up with Bach, which meant I got my Harley back full-time. So, yay. 
Um, Tim Bach and Sam continued to compete. Uh, my biggest job was to line up a groom to ride along with them because Harley and I were busy. In 2016, we enrolled um, in the Umecric Versatility Contest where the horse rider team does a minimum of two rides in each of the three divisions uh, or events. That's endurance, LD, and CTR. And just to prove that my Harley was a versatile guy, we also threw in two drives on one weekend. So he'd been away from driving for a while by then and just had a blast going out on the trails as a single. Uh, it was great fun. Uh, then disaster hit uh, at the end of July 2016. Tim died in a uh, bicycle accident while on his guy's vacation. Um, I persevered, and the endurance family really stepped up to help me finish the season. Uh, not enough words in my vocabulary to extol the virtues of this group. <clears throat> I received and continue to receive so much support from this Umecra family. And by the way, we won that Umecra Versatility Award in 2016, and also Adra's Purebred Versatility Award. As it turned out, that was Harley's last hurrah. I had to put him down in January of this year, 2018, due to cancer. <clears throat> so since 2009, when Tim and I joined Umecra and MDDA, our involvement expanded from competitors to officers of MDDA and point keeper for Draw and Adra and also a ride manager. You know, you get sucked in. Um, MDDA sponsors a Umecra ride every year that's called Iron Oak. <clears throat> Since 2012, I think, it's been uh, held in October near Arkdale, Wisconsin. The campground is Eucarity, which is designed for horses. It, um, it has electrical hookups and pipe corrals everywhere. Uh, it's really a great campground and wonderful trails um, around 2013, Tim and I became the ride managers. Um, it, it's such a huge undertaking, but with the help of the, the club members, MDDA club members, and lots of riders and volunteers, I think we put on a pretty good ride when it's not raining. The trails along the Wisconsin River are really beautiful in October when it's not raining. Yep, we've had a couple pretty nasty rainy years. Um, this year will be better, though, I'm sure. Um, I look at being a ride manager as my penance for uh, enjoying a full summer of riding at other people's rides. It's a small price to pay, I guess. Um, of course, Tim's death in 2016, many, many people have stepped up to help. Um, Alice and Ray Hubert, who are MDDA royalty and officers, are key to the operation, and I'm so touched by Victoria and Rick Robison's um, assistance. Victoria rides in Minnesota, um, but she feels a kinship with the Eucharity Trails, and she says she loves this ride and wants to see it thrive, so she volunteers her talents as my camp cook. And she and her Prince Rick come early, stay late, keep the vets and the volunteers and me fed. It's such a huge contribution to Iron Oak's success, and it keeps me from being totally owly. So um, with that in mind, uh, help out your ride managers, attend the rides, be cheerful, volunteer to help, and please join us at uh, Iron Oak this year. It's October 13th and 14th, and um, that's enough for me for now. Um, here's to a great 2018 ride season. Take care. Hi, everyone. My name's Adriana Sauterini. 
and I'm originally from Toowoomba in Queensland, Australia, but I currently live in Harvey Bay on Queensland's Fraser Coast. The weather up here has been quite rainy lately. It hasn't affected our riding too much, but I must say the mosquitoes have been absolutely horrible. I don't actually own my own horse, but there is one that is certainly my favourite and I've been very lucky to do a number of endurance rides on him as well as ride him in training a fair bit. So his name's Willowvale Sarah. we call him Ra for short. He's a purebred Arabian gelding and was actually born in New Zealand. Um, his previous owner brought him to Australia in 2006 to do the Tom Quilty Gold Cup and he was then sold on to um, an Australian owner. He's a very, very sweet horse. He's very patient, gentle, sensible, uh, but also very competitive. So I always feel very safe doing a ride on him. But also if, um, you know, if, if you do want to go, go faster and be quite competitive with him, he's always up for that. How I got into horses. Um, so I, I was always interested in riding as a child and I would do trail riding um, maybe once every two months for about a year when I was about 11, 12 years old. But unfortunately, um, after about a year of doing that, the place I went to closed down. It wasn't until I was 22 years old, I'd finished my first degree at university. I was working a nine to five job. I had a car, I had money, and I actually had time as well. So I thought that, you know, now is the time to actually give this a proper crack. I found a equestrian park, which was about 45 minutes drive from where I was living. I was in, um, living in Brisbane at the time. And every Tuesday night, I would drive there for a 45 minute lesson. It was great. We started from scratch um, and I learnt, learnt how, to, how to ride there. So I spent 18 months having lessons there. And during that time, I'd gone back to university to do a graduate diploma in education and graduated as a teacher. My first teaching position was in Toowoomba, so back in my hometown, which seems not so bad, but I was very very sad to leave my equestrian park and the horses that I'd been having my lessons on there. But it was actually through coming back to Toowoomba for that job that I found my way into endurance. So there's a place just outside of Toowoomba called Splendor Crest, which is owned by Jay Randall. I was having um, lessons with her and doing the odd trail ride as well. So one day she asked me what I actually wanted to achieve with my riding. Now I'd heard about this endurance that a number of her horses and riders were into and they were often going away for weekends to these endurance rides. But to my knowledge, all of these riders were children. So I thought it must have been some sort of children's sport. So when she asked me what I wanted to achieve, I told her I'd actually really like to try this endurance thing if I wasn't too old, thinking I was probably going to be the oldest person there. But as you would all know, I was very wrong about that. So she took me to a 20 kilometer ride in June 2014 at Lake Manchester. Um, absolutely loved it, never looked back. So I was pretty sad then when I actually had to leave Toowoomba at the end of that year to take up my next teaching position in Harvey Bay on the Fraser Coast. I thought that was going to be the end of endurance for me, 
but I was really lucky to come across um, Victoria Clark and the Marvel team up there and I've been writing with them since January 2015. The thing I really like about endurance is that it doesn't matter what your horse looks like, doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't really matter um, your particular riding style, so long as you get your horse through that course um, happy, sound and healthy, that's really all that matters. Um, uh, and I like spending that time out on the course, getting to know your horse and enduring the challenges that the track throws at you together and getting through together. I really like that. I also like working um, as a team, so helping the other people in my team as well, um, helping them, helping their horses wherever I can. I really like that we, we celebrate our successes together um, and yeah, we whatever we do, we, we all do it together. So my goal for this season is actually to get Ra open again. Um, he's battling a cracked hoof at the moment. He's been out for almost a year, but we're really hoping we can we can get him back. Um, he's he's dropped back to novice status because he hasn't done an endurance ride for over 13 months. So we just need to do an 80 kilometer at novice pace, complete that successfully, and then he'll be back to open status. So that's my goal for this season. Um, looking forward to 2019, the Tom Cordy Gold Cup is going to be back in Queensland then. So that's certainly been a long-term goal of mine and I'm really hoping that I'll be able to get a start in that um, next year. A triumph for me, um, fairly recent past, Victoria and I both attempted and successfully completed our first 160-kilometre ride um, at the Queensland State Championships last year in 2017. Um, it was, for both of us, it was our first 160-kilometre attempt, so we were absolutely thrilled to ride that and complete it together, which then gave us qualification to enter the Tom Quilty Gold Cup in the future. So that's me for now, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this season and seeing, seeing what this year and next year are going to bring. Hello again, it's Daryl from New Zealand. In my previous contributions to this podcast, I've talked about how I got involved in endurance, the horses I ride, and about our experience at our recent national champs. This time I thought I'd talk about how I got involved in being a ride manager and from that how I got more involved in other aspects of the sport. I've always said that if you want to have an influence you have to be involved. When people say let someone else do it, I'm often the someone else they're talking about. I'm certainly not the only one, but I'm one of them. I think I said in my first podcast that I got involved in endurance riding properly when I teamed up with Mike and started riding his horses in 2006. We're very fortunate to have permission to ride over a large property, 14,000 acres of it, just down the road from Mike's place. It's organised into several different farming blocks, but it's all one landowner. Makes life easier. We have regular routes roughly mapped out depending on what distance or type of training we want on any given day, but often the direction we will go will be influenced by which gate is open or where the stock is, or how muddy it is. The property is quite diverse with areas of forestry, river crossings, hills, flats, farm raceways, a long flat airstrip if we want to gallop. There's a bit of everything. It used to be the home of the Waimiha Stud, 
which was an Arab breeding stud that a lot of endurance horses still trace their lineage back to. Waimiha Mandate is still the only horse in New Zealand endurance to have recorded more than 9,000 kilometres of endurance distance. Anyway, the property is awesome, as I said, and there's a bit of an emotional tie to it for the endurance community. So when I started riding there, I suggested that we, run, that we resurrect the endurance ride that used to be run from there. The local club had long since disbanded, so we approached my club, my club, Waikato Endurance Club, to ask if they'd be interested. I was told that yes, if I was prepared to do the work to mark the course, then they'd be happy to do the admin and take care of the running of it on the day. And so I was put on the email list for the committee correspondence, since I was now a ride organiser and needed to know what was being discussed. I never really got taken off it. When the ride was over, I was told that since I was already getting the emails, I may as well stay on the committee. Maybe I should have seen the writing on the wall then. That first ride I marked drew a few criticisms about the number of times that I had to do, a several, that I had to do several of the hills and a suggestion that the final leg could maybe be a bit less steep. On that property, everything's steep. When I mark a course there, I put them through the flattest bits. Over the next couple of years, I've done, in fact, I've done that course about eight times now and I haven't marked the same track yet. I've always given them something different. So over the next few years, I worked on gathering trail markers for myself rather than having to get them brought over to me. In New Zealand, we usually mark tracks with road markers, just like you see on the side of the highways. I'm pedantic about having all the markers on the left. We drive on the left, so the markers are on the left as well. It was one of the things I noticed as a difference when I did a ride in California a couple of years ago. Markers are knocked into the ground with the silver reflective side facing the rider. If the yellow reverse side is what you can see, then chances are you're going the wrong way. I mark both sides of every gateway and both sides of every culvert where there's a drop or hole in the side of the track. Hazards have three markers side by side and we put up signs for extra, exp extra explanation where required. I was taught by my mother, a veteran of endurance and of course marking. When I was organising that first ride, it occurred to me that advertisements cost money. But if you send an article to the local newspaper with a photo, you get a half page of coverage and it doesn't cost a penny. So I wrote a short piece and sent it in. I also then did a follow-up article after the ride and while I was at it, I wrote it up in more depth and sent it to the equestrian magazines as well. At the time, nobody was writing any publicity for endurance. It had, again, been something my mother had done in previous years, but when she stopped, no one else took over from her. I started writing more and doing articles about other rides I went to as well. The lady who wrote our club newsletter came up to me at one ride and said, Daryl, I really enjoyed that last article you write. Do you want to take over the newsletter? Flattery will get you absolutely everywhere, so now I was organising rides, writing articles, taking photographs, and also doing the club newsletter. And I was on the committee, marking trails every season. Then the new, a new venue came up, so I was now marking two trails a season and taking over the whole organisation of them rather than just the trail side. Our club president had been on the, in the role for quite some years and had been trying to step back but hadn't been able to. I got talked into being vice president, then a couple of years after that our president said he wasn't restanding, so I stepped up and that's how I got to be club president. That same year, I'd also made the decision to stand for the ESNZ Endurance Board. It seemed a sad indictment that we were never ending up with an election for the board because so few people were prepared to put their hand up and be part of the governance of the sport. The previous year or two, we'd actually had to have nominations from the floor to fill the vacancies. 
So I put my name forward for nomination and that's how I came to be Waikato Club President and also a member of the ESNZ Endurance Board in the same year. One of the main things I wanted to do on the board was to drive publicity for the sport. The first year I did okay at that, the second year I got a bit derailed and failed miserably. This year I've been allowed to do the job without getting bogged down in other tasks and our members seem to be really enjoying them, our monthly publication. I'm learning all the time and trying to get better at planning ahead, not just months ahead. I'm currently looking towards our 2019-20 season. Seems strange to be planning that far ahead, but if you don't do it all, it just creeps up on you and then the season's racing up on you at a rate of knots and there's no time for anything. I'm trying to be part of the solution to the various challenges that come up rather than sitting back and being part of the problem. I'm trying to encourage others to step up and learn the skills of, a, of being a ride organiser and trying to encourage new people to come and give the sport a go. It's easy to spend all your energy on trying to attract new people and then forget about the loyal people you already have. So our newsletter is about looking after our existing people. So that's how I went from being a novice rider to being very involved in the organisation of our sport. If I can do it, anyone can. Hello, my name is Celine. I'm 23 years old and I'm from Germany. In 2013, after graduating from school, I traveled to America to work as a volunteer in a nonprofit organization called Wild Horse Rescue Center in Mims in Florida. And I worked there for eight weeks um, when a little uh, buckskin Mustang arrived at center. And from the first second, I was fascinated by him. So I very spontaneously decided to adopt him and uh, take him home with me back to Germany and uh, give him a forever home. And um, I'm honest, at the beginning, it wasn't very that easy for me um, to get a connection to him because he was very wild and um, untamed. Um, so the the first uh, months were very hard, but um, I um, changed the barn and um, found a barn where where he is outside uh, uh, outside all day and all night with other horses. And um, yes, we fe feel very comfortable uh, at this barn. So <clears throat> then I uh, began to. Uh, took him outside for a walking and we made many 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 walks in the nature and um, that very um, improved our relationship and so um, it was easier for me to get a connection to him so I also, I also started riding him um, in the nature for the first time and at the beginning I also switched between uh, walking and riding and then I could ride more and more and our little adventures in the nature get longer and longer and I also discovered that we um, have the most fun outside in, in tr on trails rather than in the arena um, yes, and so luckily I made friends with some endurance riders, um, so we could um, go for trail riding together. 
Um, and here in Germany, the most endurance riders are riding on Arabian horses. So River Ameri American Mustang um, from the um, Bureau of Land Management of America. I'm, of course, the only one here. But, um, yeah, people often think that here is a Connemara pony or a Spanish horse or something. So a Mustang is very uh, exotic here. Um, and last month, in March, I started my first endurance ride with him for 20 miles. And yesterday I ran for my second endurance ride in Germany for 30 miles. Um, yeah, it was very good. We had a lot of fun and it all went very well. So, yes, I am excited to all the adventures this, uh, that have to come this year. Hi, this is Bailey, just checking in with my fat pony, Odie. Yes, he's still fat, didn't lose much. There's still a little bit of snow on the ground. So instead of riding, I visited the Midwest Horse Fair. I went to the horse fair with my mom, my mom's friend Christina, and my friend Harlan. It was the second day there, all the giant horses in different sizes and shapes. Although not as fat as my pony. There was also some dogs there, and candy. We also got to see trick riders, livery training, and cowboy church. I didn't see any endurance horses, but I did help my mom a little at the endurance booth for Umecra. At the booth, we got to share information about endurance riding and talk to lots of people. It was awesomely fun, but only because there was candy. I hope to ride next weekend but I have to volunteer with my mom to clean the horse campground. We want to help get it ready for the first endurance ride of the year. Maybe in a little while, my pony will be a less chubby after some riding. I can't wait for all the snow to melt and the trails to dry. Me and my mom have a top secret mission to hide a trail quest tokens in the woods for a trail riding contest. That will be also awesomely fun. The end. Hello everyone, it's Keisha Wood from New Mexico again, and I wanted to call in and or do this podcast again to give you guys an update. I know I had mentioned before that I had another horse and um, his name is Kassan. And um, I have Merlin. Merlin is my sweet boy, and he is my riding partner. And I love him so much, and I love his personality that I went to uh, where he was born at Sierra Arabians, and um, I got another horse. And it's kind of funny because this is Merlin's uncle, and um, he is C.R. Kassan, but he is the grandson to Muscat, who came over from Russia, and Merlin is his great-grandson. So, um, so they're Russian Arabians. I forgot to mention that earlier. And um, Kassan is only around 18 months old now, and so I'm working with him. And right now, we are out doing a walk in our town, or our village is actually what it is. We live in Tularosa, New Mexico. And um, I've been taking him hiking with me and taking him jogging with me. And when I do my jogging, I usually do around 50 
trot steps for him and we do 50 walk steps and then we just kind of alternate on that. I haven't let him canter. I'm trying to really teach him that he needs to stay next to me. So I keep a um, handy stick with me or a carrot stick with me and I kind of just keep it over in front of his chest. So if he decides to try to pass or anything like that, it kind of bumps him and he gets back in place. But I'm using this as an opportunity to teach him what I want him to do in the future. I'm hoping he will be my endurance horse in the future. And Merlin is nine years old, so I figure as we're slowing down, I'll be bringing Kassan up. And hopefully I'll have a long life as an endurance rider with happy, healthy horses. And we can just continue to do this forever together. And um, in Tularosa, where I live, it's really neat because it's very historic. And um, we have what's called the 49 blocks where they run creek uh, water. And so he gets the opportunity to be around this rushing water. He goes jogging through here. There's dogs. I'm sure you can hear the dogs um, in the background. There's cars going by. And people are pretty courteous because a lot of people around here have horses. And um, it's just really neat opportunity for him to kind of grow and get in his mind that uh, we can do this together. We're partners, and there's not a bunch of crazy stuff out there we have to worry about. And um, another thing I'm doing with Kassan, which uh, I think is kind of cool, is my friend, who is a fellow wind rider, Rose Carlson, really neat gal. If you ever see her you um, or meet her, she is like one of the best people on the planet. She gave me a bareback pad for him. So I put a bareback pad on him so he already knows that this, where the cinch is, that he has to do this. And so we go jogging with the bareback pad. And this weekend, I took him hiking and I put my water on the bareback pad. So he had that banging around on him the whole time. And um, this is pretty neat. I'm having a good time. Um, it was different getting a baby. And I wasn't sure that I was going to like it so much once I brought him home. And I think Merlin was thinking he wasn't going to like it so much either. And, um, but it's, it's kind of cool. And one other thing I have never seen before that I'm experiencing through a baby horse. And I know that many of you already know this, but I never knew that they did that cool baby mouth thing. So after Merlin beat him up a couple times and bit him and made him look ugly after I brought him home that looked, and he looked so beautiful, he started showing Merlin his little baby teeth and Merlin was like, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll leave you alone a little bit only a little bit. <laughs> but anyways, um, I wanted to give you guys an update that uh, on both of my horses, because as long as this podcast is going, I want to keep you guys updated on both of them because it's t- completely two different worlds. And one of the things I have learned by listening through this podcast is that we're all different and um, we all have different horses and different breeds and um, we're in different scenarios and in different areas and I just think it's so cool and so I wanted to share my story on my baby Kassan because he's just as cool. Hello to all you out there in podcast world. This is Jim calling or sending this in from uh, Wisconsin. I uh, should probably tell you right off here that uh, I am the proud husband of the creator of this podcast, Christina, and she has asked me to uh, make a submission, uh, even though I've only done one endurance ride in my life, and uh, that didn't work out so well. It was supposed to be a 25, and it ended up being a 30, and it killed my knees, but I did complete it. 
Um, don't remember. I think I did fairly well. Um, but uh, I do enjoy going along with my wife to endurance rides and the camping and crewing for her and just the whole atmosphere of what goes on at these rides. I'm amazed listening to my wife uh, with these podcasts, how many people she has calling in from uh, all over the world, really, and uh, listening to all the different uh, people and all their accents, and it, uh, it, it's, uh, it's something that was supposed to happen, and my wife made it happen, so, and again, I'm very proud of her for this, and uh, again, I just wanted to uh, say hi and uh, tell you all out there, just keep on submitting those podcasts. If you know friends or family or somebody who's in the uh, endurance life, uh, get them to call in or send in their audio file for this and uh, we'll make this thing just blow up and uh, blow up the internet. So again, my name is Jim, a proud husband of Christina and signing off. Bye. Hello again, episode three, and it is Tara Leroy calling to you from Wisconsin again. And as I'm talking here, I'm sitting here looking out the window in mid-April and seeing 10 inches of new fallen snow on the ground. Certainly putting a damper in my spring conditioning as Mother Nature reminds me that I'm at her mercy since I've become more of a fair weather rider in middle age. So instead of being able to share glorious stories of how well my conditioning is going, I thought I'd take this opportunity to share a story of a little personal story of how endurance riding has touched my life. And even though it's been more than 12 years since I completed my last 50 mile ride, I'm still thankful every day for what the sport has brought to me. So just to back up a little bit, back to when I was a fearless, half crazy, 15 year old ready to conquer the world and ride anything, I uh, grew up watching my mom barrel race and uh, go to rodeos and local shows and run everything at a high rate of speed. And while that was fun, I actually kind of went the other way and I fell in love with riding the trails at a high rate of speed. Um, But I love nothing more than to gallop through the woods or an open field, just me and my horse, manes blowing in the breeze, my eyes watering. so it wasn't long as a teenager, I needed some extra money, and my mom helped me get a job at a nearby riding stable. And by saying my mom helped me get a job, she basically drove me there and told me to lie about my age so they would hire me. <laughs> so I spent the next few years taking city slickers out for trail rides, um, teaching Girl Scouts, and trying to ride as many horses as I possibly could in the process. While working there, there were all kinds of girls that would come and go as employees. It was hard work, and the days were long, and we were dirty and sweaty and exhausted at the end of the day. But I was with horses all day long, and I loved it. One day, I remember a a new girl was introduced to the crew, and she was a girl about my age. And though I could tell she didn't quite fit in, she was a transplant from Ohio, I was rather fond of the big black thoroughbred that she had, so I figured we could probably become friends. It didn't take us long um, to find out that we shared a lot of the same baggage, and uh, together we found our release riding through the woods and just loving the trails and being on horseback. 
Uh, and we did a lot of that over the next few years. And then I remember one winter day I, coming back from a ride and it was cold and she showed up dressed in camouflage to announce that she'd enlisted in the army and she was leaving and she'd come to say goodbye. And I remember I was really sad and I was really proud to have known her and that I wished her well. And I thought, part of me thought, well, I'll probably never see her again like everybody else that's left here, but you know, life happens and life goes on. And it wasn't long after that that I had a series of life changes that left me bury my mother, raise my little sisters as my own. I got married and I moved 3,000 miles away from the only place I had ever been. But through it all, I managed to keep my horses with me through thick and thin. And during the next 10 years, I lived in Idaho. Once again, I learned to gallop through the woods in the open meadows. It didn't take long before I heard about this weird thing called endurance riding. I saw a flyer up at a feed store that had advertised a 30-mile ride and probably some other distances, but I was pretty sure that was all Greek to me because I didn't know what any of it meant. But I was pretty confident my quarter horse and my big old western saddle could go 30 miles in one day because we frequently did 20 and 25 in the mountains. So not knowing anything or anyone, I hooked up, drove there, camped for the first time with my horse, completed the ride, and probably because I didn't know what I was doing and what I shouldn't be doing, I managed to finish in the top 10. And I was hooked. I thought this was awesome. Over the next few years, I managed to do three or four rides a year until my son was born. In fact, the last ride I did, I was five months pregnant with him. So life changed again. Again, 3,000 mile move back to Wisconsin, starting all over to be near my husband's family and ended up back in the area where I used to ride as a kid. Didn't take long for me to learn. I was only five miles from multiple endurance rides that were held every year and I heard the trails calling to me while I was raising my son and daughter. So finally, they got old enough where they didn't require constant motherly attention and I was able to start sneaking out and saddling up and riding again on a regular basis. Now I remember I was helping a friend that I had met at a local trail club. I'll give you a shameless plug for the Southern Kettle Marine Horse Trails Association. And she had shared an interest in learning to do a novice ride. So I was helping her prepare for a novice ride coming up, and we were doing trot-outs in the parking lot at a local trailhead. Now, as, a, as I was helping her friend encourage her horse to actually trot at the trot-out, I noticed a woman approaching, and at first I ignored her really hard, trying not to make eye contact because I was waiting for some stupid criticism or goofy questions about what the heck we were doing running our horses up and down the parking lot. But instead, what I heard was a friendly voice that said, Are you ladies endurance riders? I was immediately surprised and I looked up as she approached. And as she got closer, she looked to me and she said my name. And all at once, I was standing there in the parking lot and I was a teenager again. And I was riding with my best friend through these very same trails because I recognized her and I wanted to cry. Damn motherhood hormones. It had taken more than two decades. We'd been separated by the rigors of life and loss and thousands of miles and unable to locate each other. But here we stood, suddenly brought together again by a simple trot out, never knowing that we both had been driving by each other's houses for 10 years 
and knowing that we were that close together. And though it would prove to be a few more months before we actually were able to get together, when we did ride, it was like we'd never been apart. And as we learn about the many twists and turns our lives had each taken in the decades past, we found that our lives have actually been very closely mirrored in a number of ways. One of which is that we both have yet to reach our thousand mile mark, but with our total endurance and limited distance miles, we are within 15 miles of each other's. So our short-term goals we've set out, we want to complete a few limited distance rides this year. We both have half Arab mares that we only have half broke. <laughs> so that in itself will be a challenge. We'd also like to get our children through their first novice rides together. And together we want to work our way to our thousand mile mark together, ideally being able to do so on the very trails that we first rode together as teenagers. By the way, my friend's name is Chris. I know her as my soul sister, my best friend, fellow endurance rider, and all around good deed doer. And you all know her as the creator of this awesome endurance horse podcast. So you probably already know she's kind of special. So just remember in closing, even when a person isn't on the starting line, it doesn't mean their heart isn't in it. And it doesn't mean endurance hasn't made a difference in their life. And never, ever underestimate the value of a trot out where you just never know who's watching. Hi, Jim. Hello. So how are you enjoying the podcast so far? Oh, I'm loving it. Every minute of it. I mean, all the different people, all the different countries being heard from, it's fabulous. So you don't mind me staying up really late at night to put this all together? Uh, not so much, but hopefully as it goes along, uh, it'll, uh, it'll nights won't be quite so long. <laughs> so... The weather here has been crazy, right? We had like two days where we got almost a foot of snow. And uh, I don't know about you, but I heard frogs out, yeah. out there singing. Finally, yes. And uh, we've had pretty much winter right up until last week. But this week has been in the 60s, so it's been nice mm -hmm. to get outside. So pretty much Wisconsin has gone from snow, where you can hear frogs and birds singing the spring song, to... All of a sudden, it's 60 degrees. <laughs> and uh, so what we did this, we had a pretty busy week last week. Um, Harlan and I, our 10-year-old son, we went up and we volunteered at the endurance booth at the Midwest Horse Fair, and we got to meet a bunch of people who were interested in endurance riding and bribed them with candy, as I'm sure you heard from Bailey Leroy, and uh, just basically tried to wrangle a bunch of new people into the sport. Then Saturday, we did a 5K. We did, and it was our son's first 5K. And that little tyke, he uh, got second place in his age group. And how did you do? I got second place also. And how did you do? <laughs> I got third place. And you know what? This is only our third 5K, and we could not believe we placed. And it was so fun because the award ceremony, wasn't it exactly like an endurance ride meeting? It, pretty much, pretty, yes. Except and, there were dogs. Dogs, dogs. Okay. Yeah, there were dogs everywhere. <laughs> uh, the, the police force was there with their canines, so we got some pictures with the uh, the kid and, uh, and the police dogs and everything. And 
We have many more 5Ks to look forward to, since I don't uh, do too much endurance myself. <laughs> um, I do go, go and crew for my wife, and uh, I do enjoy the atmosphere and uh, everything that goes on at these rides. So I try to be part of it, even though I'm not on horseback myself. Well, you you do great. You do awesome. It's cooking with awesome cooking with you over the campfire. You built the best fires. Uh, I thought you were going to say I'm an awesome rider, and I was going to say, well, you uh, are. what happened to our last ride? Uh, our last, well, what was it, uh, a 35 that was supposed yeah. to be a 25? Yeah, I was hauling the horses in to meet Jim so he could vet through, and it was at Draw-Rama at Palmyra, and I just thought it was always 25. I didn't look at the flyer. And Jim called me. I was on my way there with the horses. It was a 35. And it killed my knees. It did. I think his stirrups were uneven. But I'm sorry, honey. You were too grumpy. You wouldn't let me switch your stirrups. Hey, Houdini took good care of me. He did. He took good care of me. <laughs> Chris stayed right with me. I got off the horse and walked probably, what, maybe the last quarter of it or so. Yeah. Still made it in time. You and did. Uh, I don't think I, uh, I think I, I got through the ride and everything, but I don't think I did really well. Um, I think we barely got in under time. Yes. We barely did. But we did. <laughs> but we did. And the horses were all healthy and that's what counts. But what you forgot to say is that your first novice ride, you won. I did. Yeah. I, I think I won a, uh, a bag of uh, horse feed or something, if I yeah. remember right. But, yeah, that was just an intro ride or something, if I remember right. It was, it, uh, it was like a 12 or 15, and it was your first time. And so I'll be your crew. I love being the wind beneath your wings. Okay. So that means I get that horse back then. Yep. Okay. That's good. So, guys, we didn't have a lot to talk about for conditioning, but we've been doing interval training for ourselves. And I do think I'm going to try to see how the horses like it. I've tried it on Houdini a few times, and uh, he seems to really do good. You know, So I will be probably doing my first ride in July um, because Faith doesn't really have a good base on her, and I think I'm going to condition May, June, and July. And my, my first ride on her will be the end of July. Um, main part being that she behaves herself and doesn't hurt mama so and for my closing i guess i'll just say that uh, i am enjoying all these <laughs> uh different uh, submissions and again all the different people from all over the world mm -hmm. uh, keep submitting uh, if you have friends or family out there that are in the uh, in the sport and uh, you'd like to hear them on here uh, by all means get them to uh, submit a, uh, a podcast to us and I do want to say some people are hesitant because English is not their first language and they feel funny about their accent. But don't you love the accents? I love hearing them. I do. And I uh, do. the little kids and, uh, you know, yeah. all the different age groups and uh, hearing the stories from the uh, from the people that have been doing endurance since uh, way back when. Uh, I love each and every one of them. All the way up to the dreamers who are just starting. I want those people to send us some updates because... You know what? Um, even the, even there is a lady in Wyoming that her first one is going to be around the time of mine, and um, she's going to do an intro. And I, I think we, I just really want to hear how how it goes with her. And and I want to be sure to thank Keisha Wood and Jen and Cricket and um, Darice and Daryl. You guys are 
rock stars about getting your files into me, and I really appreciate it. And you can ask Jim. I get excited when I get a, a new email into the Endurance Horse Podcast mailbox. And we just love doing this for everybody. We love bringing everybody together. And um, you guys go out and enjoy your conditioning. And goodbye now from Wisconsin. Keep sending those submissions in. Bye. We enjoyed having you along for the ride. Endurance Horse Podcast is where you get to share your adventures of riding good horses through beautiful country. Many stresses in life are washed away by a good gallop, a steady trot, or by simply saddling up your favourite horse for an easy ride. Remember, every mile a memory. To share your story on Endurance Horse Podcast, send an email to endurancehorsepodcast at gmail.com.